This is Thomas, a.k.a. a mad painter. I'd like you to join me Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Open Canvas. Don't forget to bring an open mind. Yes, folks, that's right. Bring an open mind to an open canvas. Again, that is Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. You oppose government corruption. This is Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here. This is the people's war. It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it, then. Fight it with all that is in us. And may God defend the right. Warning, warning. We've got to stop us. They're going to kill us all. See how the trouble you've started? Be they the government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone. Or human beings. Time when the operation of the machine becomes so obvious that you're so sick at heart. You can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. And you've got to indicate to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you bring the machine, will be prevented from working at all. Revolution Radio of FreedomSlips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You called down the thunder, well now you've got it. You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Revolution Welcome to Crypt Ricks I've Been Thinking. What's this show all about? Well, it's all in the title. He enjoys interviewing people about issues that he finds interesting and which cause him to sit back and think. Cryptocurrency, true crime, natural law, the occult. No topic is off limits here. He has always enjoyed when people give their points of view or thoughts on different topics that they have researched. And what makes it all great is that it's their unique take on what is being discussed. For that reason alone, it makes it interesting to him. So take that walk down to his crypt. Make yourself comfortable. And just maybe, he will be discussing a topic that you have been thinking about. Here's your host, Crypt Rick. Well, welcome everybody. Another episode of Crypt Ricks. I've been thinking. Glad you guys could all join us and I hope you guys had a great weekend. Uh, I know I did. So, I mean, the weather here is still kind of cold, but it's trying to warm up and spring is, I always give you guys an update, let you know that spring is making a comeback here and hopefully it's going to get warmer sooner because I'm about done with winter and the cold. That's for sure. So just before I get my guest on, I always like to let you guys know that here at Revolution Radio, it is listener supported and it, I always say it's you listeners that make everything here happen and keep the things, keep the shows going, the great content going and uh, lots of great hosts on here bringing important information to all you guys. And it is uh, something I think people should support because freedom is definitely uh, on the ropes right now and they are doing everything to silence people, uh, ban them, do whatever they can 
you know, if you're starting to talk about important topics that they don't want you getting out there. And so I think any time you can support something that is keeping freedom alive, freedom of speech alive, is something that you can definitely get behind. And you can do it many different ways at Revolution Radio. If you go up to the donation uh, donation tab at the top, if you got cryptocurrency and that's your thing, they accept Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash. There's Ethereum. So if crypto is your way, definitely you can donate that way. There's Patreon. So if you want to do a little monthly thing every month where they take a little bit out, uh, do it that way. And there's also the shop. Make sure you go and check that out, guys. A lot of great merchandise in there. And a mad painter has been making cups for all the different hosts here on Revolution Radio. And they're amazing. They are really cool. He's doing an amazing job on them. So definitely go to the shop. Check it out. Like I said, there's those new cups for the host. There's uh, T-shirts, all kinds of great things. So definitely stop by the shop and have a look at it. Show your support by, you know, wearing a shirt, doing whatever. I think it's a great cause. And Every donation that is made is uh, greatly appreciated. So thank you to all who are, have donated and who do continue to donate because you are making a difference. And so to get to my guest, I am so excited to have my guest on uh, this show. It's somebody I've been watching uh, their content and their show for quite a while now. I've seen them in a lot of different interviews, and I love watching their stuff on the One Great Network, uh, the One Great Work Network, sorry. And that is Mr. Vinny Eastwood. How are you doing, Vinny? Welcome to the show. Well, I'm, I'm somewhat fabulous, but other than that, like crap. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, well, that's the first time I've had a guest say that. Oh, same old, same old, you know. Oh, for sure, yeah. But thank you for, I know you're really busy, and uh, I'm so excited to have you on here, Vinny, because I've been watching a lot of your stuff on the One Great Work Network Great interviews, great stuff that you're talking about, stuff that needs to be talked about. And so I'm I had to glad get... that you know that I'm very busy because I didn't realize that. But but but, but gonna go ahead. I think you're busy. You're doing a lot of great stuff, man. I think you're busy. Well, you, you don't have to be all that busy in order to accomplish a lot. Like the, the other day, I was sitting around with uh, girlfriend Rebecca, and we, and we were like, "Hey, let's let's uh, make sh- what was it? Uh, Maria's uh, video from she's on the One Great Work Network, right? Uh, and Rebecca really likes her. And and uh, I said, "No, um, how long does it take to send her an email?" Okay, well, go go to a go to a YouTube channel. Okay, there's the about. There's her email. Okay, send send it through or, or through a website or whatever, and uh, send them a very simple email, very very quick. People get a lot of emails. Short, sharp, to the point. Love That's your work. True. Love to That's have true. you on the show. Took about maybe three minutes, and uh, then she replied, and then we're going to do a show. So instead of watching somebody else's podcast in about the same amount of time that it takes to watch somebody else's podcast, you can just interview them yourself. Uh, you know, that's that's not being lazy. That's 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 getting productivity out of every second of every day. Right. Very true. Yeah. And I remember when we were talking off air, you, you explained that to me, and you made so much sense when you said that, like – you know, just reach out to people and start interviewing, and and I love doing that. That's how I like to learn, and uh, from people that have been doing this for a long time, such as yourself. And I'm, I'm still so very sorry new. to interrupt, uh, um, but I was just thinking about this. What makes any any interviewer or truther in this day and age think that the people you want to interview aren't willing to talk? All right, guess guess what? The exact same thing that happens to you, getting called a conspiracy theorist and a crazy person and being ostracized by society, it happens to them. They love it when people reach out. Hold hold on, somebody actually wants to listen to me? (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. You're right, too. Yeah, and 
Yeah, I, I just I think doing interviews is a great way. I, I know it's a great way for me to learn uh, because when you start talking about it, you can like I mean, I, I, lo- I watch tons of videos. I'm always trying to learn by reading stuff and stuff. It's but it's a definitely a better way for me to learn. I find when I start talking about it and I have a guest on and we're talking back and forth, it seems to work that way for me. I just seem to learn better that way. And I mean, how did all the Ascended Masters or, or uh, Masters of the Past in any way, shape or form get to where they are today? It's because people mentored them. And how did yep. they do that? By talking. This is how, this is how we communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, how did all the uh, stories from the ancient world, you know, come down? They weren't written down, not for, not for a long, long time. Uh, but until we've got the now uh, the printing presses and the written word and all, and, and all of that kind of stuff. Human beings... For thousands upon thousands of years, the only way we knew how to learn knowledge beyond our years was to talk to those people who possessed that knowledge and give them our time in exchange. Right. Yeah, very true. Yeah. And and that's perfectly said. I And I and I think that that's uh, what a lot of people aren't doing in a lot, at least in my, I can only speak for my circles and uh a lot of people I I find that are taking in a lot of knowledge, like they they are. They're doing a lot of their work. They're they're taking in this information. They're learning about it. They're very interested in it, but they're not going to that next step of actually putting the information out there in their unique way. And uh, so when I saw your video, I was telling you when we were emailing each other that you had the video that I really enjoyed was called Truth Hurts, and I really hope people will go on to the One Great Work Network and find that video because you kind of break it down in a very uh, easy way to understand. That's what I loved about it. I've watched it several times because I think a lot of people, when they start taking in this information, and I know I'm guilty of this, Vinny, that when I started doing it, when I get talking to somebody like a friend or somebody that's kind of interested in it, I just kind of like data dump them all at once, like just everything I'm thinking about and I'm learning, I just kind of hit them with it all at once. And during that uh presentation that you did during your show you were kind of talking about like it takes people years to gather this information and a lot of time and you just can't go at somebody that's not familiar with it and just kind of hit them with everything you got to kind of warm them up a little bit and so i'm guilty of that for sure just kind of like i call it data dumping i just kind of attack them with it (laughs) well that's that's the thing as well is because um when a master is teaching somebody is he is he yelling at them? Is he ranting at them, or something like that? Or is he calm? Is he collected? Does he speak with a steady voice? You see. And I realised this the other day. I was talking to my sister, and I was starting to do that. Oh yeah, well, you just get in the thing, and you get this idea, right? Mark Passio, he identified it as the Thought, emotion, and then action, right? right? That's prefrontal cortex, your primate brain that does all the uh, thinking. That's your mammalian cortex in the middle of your in the middle of your brain that does your feeling, you know, socialising and so on and so forth. And then the reptilian cortex that governs your uh, threat responses. So what we're doing here, especially because the uh, learning the truth is very traumatic, right? All right. From enlightenment comes sorrow. It's a very old saying. All right? And when we look at somebody who doesn't know what we know, hasn't done the 10,000 hours yet, uh, you know, that's what it takes 
four yeah. hours a day, five days a week for three years. That's your ten, that's your ten thousand hours. If you're not watching four hours of documentaries and, and, and podcasts of stuff that you never knew and, and have no idea about before uh, uh, listening to it, you're not going to get your truth degree, unfortunately. You won't, you won't be able to learn discernment and uh, have a wide array of sources. So what happens is you have this response, and because you're traumatized, your responses, instead of going from thought to feeling to action, they simply jump immediately to action. There's no thought. Right. Okay, you ever been uh, on Facebook or something like that, and you and uh, somebody's been trolling you, and you're trying to type a furious reply to them, and then somebody comes in uh, to the room or something, you know, and uh, they ask you something, and you snap at them. Mm -hmm. All right, it's like a, it's a, that's that's a projection, but it's the same reaction when you when you have that uh, that anger and and, and what have you uh, towards people who just don't get it. All right, now. Can you wake somebody up? You know, I've heard some people over the years uh, tell me, that, oh, Vinny, you woke me up. I was like, really? I sat you down with a gun <laughs> to your head and made you watch thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of documentaries and podcasts from hundreds of different sources, did I? And they're like, no. Well, then you woke you up. Right. All right. There's no credit to mine that your job in life is to plant a tree whose shade you shall never sit beneath. Whoever you know claims that I've woke them up or have motivated them or whatever, that's not my, that's not my cross to bear, nor nor is it my triumph to uh, uh, wave in front of uh, people's face. You just do what you have to do, and you do the right thing. If if people benefit from it, that's the point of your existence. You don't need to rest on your laurels. Right. No, very very true, and. Uh, that's so perfect how you said that because you're exactly right, and I hear a lot of people say that too, like that they're trying to wake people up, and I and I've always kind of wondered that, like I mean, how do you, what does that mean? I mean, people say that, but I mean, I don't think any like you just said, I don't think any one person is waking somebody up. I think generally most people, and I want to get your opinion, they know that there's a lot wrong with this world and what's going on in this world, so they. I think a lot are waking themselves up. Do you not agree? Just, you know what I mean by that? Like they, like they well, know there's something wrong. It's, it's an analogy, all right. Uh, waking up as if, as if uh, from being asleep or from being dead or, or, right. or something like that, being shocked back to life, right? So, so what's what's this? What's this metaphor? What's this analogy? I'm pretty anal about my analogies. Perfect. And and my analysis. Um, no, but but the, the the thing is, what's the first thing you do in the morning? You take a WikiLeak, don't you? Yep. All right. Yep. <laughs> but, but 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 what? <laughs> That's so good. But but of course, in order to take the WikiLeak, unless you're not house trained, you've got to get out of bed. Yep. All right. So so waking up is not enough. You you got to get out of bed too, right? You got to take a WikiLeak. You got to get the crap out of your system, and then you got to fuel yourself with something good. And then get out the door and go to work against the new world order. Mm -hmm. Wake up. Get the crap out of you. Get something good into you. Go out there and do something with it. That is what I want people to do. I'm not out there trying to wake people up. I'm trying to get them out of bed. This is the, se the second phase. After going out, after getting out of bed and trying to get the crap out of your life and, and that, understand that. <laughs> nightmarish birds right. nest rats nest combo with 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 animal entrails I, it's just 
it's it's difficult to work through your own shit, let alone understand the world's shit. Very true. All right, and I apologise to the uh, to the listening audience for the uh, swear words here. Um, you know, you know, people people uh, criticise me about that sometimes, and I apologise. I won't do it again. I, I'm sorry to all the <laughs> all the affiliates and and uh, and, and and what have you. But there was somebody had this criticism one time, and they're like, "Vinny, I know the satanic pedophiles run in the world, and they kidnap hundreds of thousands of children every year, and sla- and slaughter them in dark places, and summon dark uh, uh, manifestations of gods and into reality that that that." All them around okay i can handle all that but do you have to swear i mean <laughs> it, it, it makes it sound stupid <laughs> wow yeah uh i it's weird right how some people yeah that's true some people are they are really funny about that and i don't i don't know i mean I, to me i think the message is what's more important if there's a few swear words in there i'm not gonna it's not going to affect me any, but yeah, I've had people comment on that before here and there. Yeah. Like, you know, they're like, I don't like the, and I, I, like, I tried it. Uh, Mark Passio is definitely somebody that uh, I consider a mentor. I, that's how I really years ago started learning about what's going on in the world and that. And I found Mark Passio's natural law uh, presentation, which is like an eight and a half, eight and a half hour <laughs> presentation. And, you know, and then I try to let some people that I know about his, I try to, like, if they're kind of asking questions and trying to, you know, what's natural law, what is this all about, then I'll try to point them to his uh, natural law presentation. And first thing they react is how long it is. They don't have time to watch it. And if they do start listening to his podcast, which I highly recommend, then they kind of get turned off. They say he's mean and he's really aggressive and he, he's yelling at them and they take it very personal that he's yelling right at them. And I, for me, I like that. I need it. I need that kind of kick in the ass to, to get me started. And that, so, I mean, it's just really funny how some people, uh, the way they take different presenters and creators and stuff like that. Yeah. I remember a, uh, a, a series or, or uh, have you ever heard of the big layers shows? It's, it's, it's not very big. It's just a little terrible, uh, uh, bitmap, uh, paint, Frickin' box made little yep. show with this bad Australian, <laughs> and it's just so freaking fun. Especially uh, Tuma Island too, and they have this disclaimer um, at the at the start. You know, it's uh, it's written out. If you don't like swearing, then <laughs> <laughs> it's completely unapologetic. You know. Um, I'm not unapologetic, on the other hand. I, I, I like to apologize, and I like to take responsibility for my actions. I'm a professional broadcaster. You're kind of required to. It's part of the gig. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes you have audiences that that stuff's not, that stuff's not appropriate for, right? Like, I remember this time um, I was on with uh, Ken O'Keefe, and it was his birthday, and he was drinking, I think, like 14% alcohol beer, right? Like, yeah, that's that was... That was uh, uh, that was a fun show. <laughs> the parts of it that I understood, and uh, the, we had um, uh, Billy TK, my mate here, who's very you know staunch Christian and and, and doesn't and, and and that kind of thing. And of course, he'd given it up. And uh, sitting there, and I'm and I'm using Billy's stream as he had been because I'd been deplatformed, you know, kind of thing. And Billy's the right. only one of the audience that would uh, trust me to, to uh, have his stream on. And uh, then there's all this swearing and drunken behavior and stuff like that. And I'm sitting there getting like really uncomfortable, not because I'm not 
uh, uh, having a good time, but because I realized that uh, this is actually going to really uh, offend uh, uh, Billy's audience. So I had to cut that stream off. Uh, <laughs> and then immediately after I, I finished the show, I uh, did a little uh, selfie video and apologized to his audience and said I wouldn't do it again. You know, I didn't need to be asked to take it down. I didn't right. need to be asked to apologize. I didn't need to be asked to, to uh, make amends. I saw what was what was wrong and uh, did something about it immediately. Right. Yeah, I get it. And, and that's uh, what I wanted to ask you. I should have asked you this. Sorry, Vinny. I, I got so many questions that that's uh, my kind of all over the place. But what I've always wanted to ask you is what got you into doing what you're doing, like the presentations that you do, the like what started all of this, like back – when you know, I know you've been doing this for a lot of years. So, kind of, what was the beginning for you? I've always wondered that. Well, you know, when you're sitting there and you're watching uh, Alex Jones on repeat, and that's six hours of Alex Jones a day, I get that. Yep. And, and you watch, uh, on average, in addition to that, two documentaries a day uh, about radically uh, different subjects, uh, that'll that'll hurt your mind in places. And yep. uh, when you are doing a job. And I'm, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who've been in this position before, a job that you don't like with yep. people you don't respect, who don't respect you, and it makes you feel miserable. It makes you feel you're uh, uh, draining your life away. And uh, as soon as you get a big, big frick-off payday, you're out of there. you got mm-hmm. a camera, you got a tripod, you got a little iMac, and you go out there to the public meetings and the protests, and you start filming them, editing them, and uploading them. All right. I see lots of people filming. I don't see bugger all people editing. I don't see uh, almost any uploading. Right. You know, uh, mm-hmm. and that's the uh, that was the key for for uh, many years is just be there, be present, publish the content that the mainstream media wouldn't be there. You know, like very important little uh, meetings of activists and and things of that nature where they they lay out such depth. Of information about everything you could, you could possibly uh, uh, think of, and they're just giving you this information for free, and nobody has the presence of mind to capture that stuff on video, and uh, uh, the dedication to go home and and spend hours of their own life making sure that that stuff is 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 fun to watch and then upload it and take personal responsibility for the fact that you have uploaded it, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just there's nobody there in in, uh, in New Zealand, and I'm and I'm sure uh, uh, nobody freaking anywhere, right? Uh, uh, for a, for a large degree, who's who's kind of ever done that to the extent that I have. I made six thousand videos. All Incredible! Right? Wow. In 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 less than ten years, that's on, that's on average more than a video a day uh, for fifteen years in a row. Okay, and and doing this with the lowliest activists of New Zealand mm-hmm. uh, to David Icke and Mark Passio and 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 G. Edward Griffin and uh, James Corbett, you know, who who you know people who now consider me kind of like a peer because I've learned from so many thousand people uh, who are really good at what they do and right. really smart. And when you're a talk radio host, listening just as important as talking. You've got to be able to talk, yeah, yeah, but you also got to be able to listen. Exactly, hundred percent. So well said, and and that so that's really that you bring up great points too, Vinny. Because I that's the one thing that I hear a lot about when I talk to people. Like they know they they got a good grip on what's going on in the world. They 
they understand they're they're taking like as I was saying earlier they're taking in the information but they have no idea like properly how to get it out there and I'm certainly guilty of that of myself I I I put myself in that camp of people only eight months ago like I was telling you off air I didn't own a computer I didn't know I had no idea what OBS was I had I didn't know anything at all I basically knew how to turn on a computer and I, and that was where my computer skills stayed and so I've been teaching myself. Um, this technology every day I try to learn a little bit more and learn a little bit more and it starts to pay off and then I just signed up actually for Mark Passio's How to Be the True uh, Media uh, course that he has every year I'm very excited about taking that because I think it's going to really help me uh, focus and learn these skills that I need and I just want you to talk about how important it is because like this is how the New World Order whoever you want to call them the the master psychologist, all of these people that are attacking us from all fronts, they're using technology to do it against us. And I don't think people realize that that's how we got to fight some, back. Uh, this is an important uh, point as, as well, because uh, I had Joseph Atwell, uh, author of Caesar's Messiah, on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the new things he was working on at the time was the theory that the CIA created the 1960s counterculture, all the acid that turned out was manufactured by the CIA. Right. All those uh, yep. bands, Grateful Dead, so on and so forth, uh, um, uh, The Doors, etc., etc., uh, were actually uh, sons of uh, military intelligence and uh, high-level Freemasons and things of that nature. Yep. Jim, and Morrison's, very... Jim Morrison's father was uh, high in the military. Uh, he was the guy who pulled off the Gulf of Tonkin of Tonka. incident, which got, right. which got the United States into war that wound up killing 57,000 Americans. You you really want to say, baby, light my fire when you realize <laughs> that there's 57,000 American lives and, and yep. 3 million Vietnamese. All right. There's just a, a wholesale slaughter of a people. And when you yep. say a million dead Iraqis these days, what's what's your emotional reaction? See? Nothing. You know, because they're outside your monkey sphere. What's your monkey sphere? Traditional village size. Thousands of years ago, about 180 people. All right. We've evolved for that. We've we've got about room in our head for about 180 relationships with people of of, uh, varying acquaintance degree and only really three slots for very close friendships. Right. Okay. This is somebody you talk to and hang out with for at least an hour a week. Okay. You know, and uh, you're not distracted or anything. You actually... Uh, doing something together you're actually uh, talking you know um and very few uh, uh, people you know actually really fit into that category you know some people you consider friends and stuff like that don't even fit into that kind of category you can't process a whole lot of complex relationships now this is where the death comes into it large millions of deaths uh, the, these people 200,000 deaths or, or whatever do you know out of the 180 people that are in, in and out of, out, of, out of your life and this is an average of course there's some people got more some people got less uh if you don't know somebody in that disaster, you have almost zero emotional reaction or, or attachment to it. If you do know somebody in there, you've got a massive grief trigger. And if one of your three close associates, that's a, uh, that's a life-changing event for you. Right. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the reason why when I say a million dead Iraqis, three million dead uh, Vietnamese, or uh, 200,000 people that have died of Monsanto through cancer and stuff like that, <clears throat> there's no emotional resonance unless you know somebody personally uh, who's uh, been through that kind of thing. 
And this is the detachment that we have through the screens. This is the why genocides and everything like that can can keep going on because you know as you called him the master psychologist. I haven't heard that term uh, uh, before, but I, but I think it's very apropos. Uh, Realise this, and so what they do is they send Americans to what country? Over there. Over there. All right. You crazy. You never need to look at a map. It's just over there. You know why it's over there, don't you? Because it means that it's not here. Exactly. It means that you're safe and you don't have to experience any of the consequences. You don't have to see any of the blood or any of the bodies or any of the uh, uh, retarded children that have been born from depleted uranium poisoning. You don't need to see uh, uh, all the uh, uh, families and, and things of that nature uh, back state who lose their loved ones or have them come back so badly traumatized that they can't even have a relationship with them anymore because, and then they uh, uh, kill themselves. You know, quarter of the U.S. Uh, uh, homeless population are veterans. You know why? Douglas Dietrich, former historian at the, at the Pentagon, uh, he told me this. When they, when they rotate home, when you send a fresh recruit out, they don't know anything. Right. And they're dangerous because they don't know anything in a, in a battlefield. But when you send a veteran home, that knowledge that they take with them is lost on that on that front line. How to get them to re-enlist? How to get them to go back? <gasps> what if they couldn't find any other work? What if we've trained them to uh, operate million-dollar helicopters and tanks, and then they go back and they can't find a job pumping gas? What if that was the case here? How yeah. to do that? How to do that? <gasps> the employment office. Every single person who goes and gets a, a job in the United States, apart from, you know, if it's just a handshake and you and the what have you, goes through a system where they start searching your name based upon your military records to see what's on there. The good soldiers, the veterans, the smart ones, or, well, the smartish ones, um, who, who are reasonably uh, good at their job, they have these little black marks on their record that they don't even know that not, and it says, this guy's a rapist, this guy's a pedophile, this guy's a murderer, this guy stole a whole bunch of shit and whatever. Stuff that they never did. Just so that the only job they could get when they came home was to go back over there. Yep. You see that cruel, malign intelligence? I mean, that, that's what we're up against. You know, you, you think these people are going to be, you know, afraid of your words? Mm -hmm. No. They're afraid of losing control, probably because they never really had it in their life because they're raised by horrible, freaking abusive uh, uh, scum. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that you bring up a great point, Vinny. And I'm glad you kind of touched on this because this just happened last night where um, my wife had her girlfriend over and we were talking and... She is generally very interested in because she hears me talking about natural law and objective morality and uh, all of that stuff. And so she was asking me last night questions and it was, you know, she was really hitting me hard, actually, with questions. She wanted to know a lot about it. And I was trying to explain to her how immoral government is and uh, order followers and stuff like that. I was trying to be gentle and kind of warm her up to it because uh we were talking about military as uh, more specific. And I was trying to tell her, 
you know, how brainwashed they are and, and, and stuff like that. And, and then she came back at me. It was like, well, I have friends in the military and they're good people. They're, they're not, you know, they're not bad people. They're just following orders. And that's what I was trying to explain to her that there were so many bad things in this world that have happened in history from people just following orders. And I just, it was a hard discussion to have with her because she does have friends that are in the military. So how, when somebody throw, I, I want to ask you, like when somebody throws something like that at you, I really didn't know how to come at it except trying to break it down to her that it's just immoral. And I was trying to well, explain things to her. Here's the thing. Are you the teacher yet or are you still the student? If you're, student. If you're not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the problem is, is trying to explain to people as a student. I, I remember where I went out and I, and I was like, I'll teach everybody 9-11, it's an inside job, you know, you know that, that kind of thing. You, didn't, you know, realize what you're doing with it and you also don't necessarily know what you're talking about, but you're right. giving it a go and, and, that's, and that's what really counts is not doing nothing. Now, the, David Icke told me that you can't anybody of anything. But you can tell them things they cannot unhear. But the question is, if somebody wants to know, do they actually want to know, or are they just interrogating you? All right, that, that's trying to a get good you, point. Try, trying yep. to get you to slip up and stuff like that. Say anything yep. you, you say, regardless of how uh, fat or eloquent or decent, will go full upon deaf ears. Uh, deaf ears, rather than deaf ears. Although, listen, apropos to um, now, <laughs> you're exactly right because I felt like they were. She was trying to find holes in everything. That's what I, I even said that to her. I'm like, you're just doing this to try to find anything to to corner me on and kind of like pick at. And I was like, it, you're not. Are you really taking this information in because you want to know about it, or are you just trying to find holes in it? Yeah, and and that's the thing. As natural law, there aren't any holes in it. That's what, the exactly. Is, uh, what's, and that's what uh, is intensely frustrating and difficult for people to deal with is that, um, like, for example. I used to be a lot fatter than I am now. I was 124 kilograms, all right? I don't know what, what that is, like maybe 300 pounds, or I don't know. But uh, ridiculously fat, as far as I was concerned. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do something about this. And and now I'm like under 95 and, and, still, and still going. I want to be around 85. And uh, it came to this realization. I was standing out on my deck, and I was just flexing my ankles up and off the ground, up and down, just feeling the actual whole weight of your body just on that, on the balls of your foot, rocking rocking back and forth, just feeling, how much do I actually, man, I feel very heavy. <sighs> to, accepting the truth about yourself and doing something about it is a really, really tough thing, which the vast majority of people will never do, and they're going to die long before they do. You can't save them, all right? Now, when it comes to convincing people of something, here's the question. Are they actually curious? Do they actually want to know? Have you asked them? Do you want to know? Do you, do you really want to know this? Because once, you, once I tell you, you can't unhear it. All right? You've got to be, you've got to be prepared for this because this may uh, destroy your life, what I'm about to tell you. Are you are you brave enough to do that? Yeah, yeah, I'm brave enough. Okay. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> and then they uh and then suddenly they don't accept it and whatnot and and you kind of get a little bit flustered and they get a little bit flustered and yep. then suddenly no information's transferring is there all right it's just emotion transfer there's no there's no uh, uh cognitive connection between the minds and the logic and the uh and the story that we're trying to tell here so when it comes down to this is there any way to like one size fits all convince anybody of anything absolutely not but you can just tell them things that they can't unhear all right so 
question is, I, I, and, I, and I thought about this a, a number of times, you know, the French call it the spirit of the stairs. I, for, I forget the actual French words for that phrase, but a uh, brother told me about it. You have an argument in their apartment, and then on your way down the stairs, they've said, they've said something to you that you didn't have a response for. But on your way down the stairs after you leave in the apartment, the perfect response comes back to you, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. All right. That's what the French call the spirit of the stairs. Now, you might be having these arguments with people, and then you either get a spirit of the stairs a, a moment afterwards. That's something to just save in your little cubby hole for next time. All right. Like uh, people call me a conspiracy theorist, and uh, my mate Barry, I think, I think it was, he says, "Ah, oh, well, yeah, but that makes him a coincidence theorist, Vinny." And I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to use that next time somebody calls me a conspiracy theorist." <laughs> got, 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 you know, you 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 collect phrases and 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 turns of things uh, that are just really good responses <clears throat> because the conversation that you have is similar to every conversation that you have. All right. It depends what kind of conversations you're used to having. And if you're used to having conversations with people who don't know anything, don't want to listen and so on and so forth, I, I, I dare say probably find somebody else to talk to uh, uh, or, or better yet, just just start a show. All right. How do you think I found all my friends? You know, uh, all, all the people that I do uh, uh, business with and, and, and help out and, and stuff like that. Not by walking around in a freaking supermarket with people wearing masks and stuff like that. No, 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 By being present, sticking your flag up, and having people that can be good people who love, you, who love your stuff can come into your life. Yep. All right? It's not that, it's not that difficult. So... The question is, how did that conversation actually go? They're, they're interrogating you, yep. and and then are they listening to your responses as you're trying to explain or interrupting you before you finish the sentence? Mostly, at the, I can say at the beginning, they, she was generally listening and uh, taking it in. But when I started touching on subjects that were very, I could tell were personal to her and sensitive, then I was getting cut off. Like it was kind of like I would try to explain something. And I remember saying last night a few times during our conversation, I'm like, you're not even letting me finish my answer. You're, I'm getting half into it and you're, you're steamrolling over me and bring, so that's how it went. So at the beginning, very, uh, very curious and was like, and I kept saying, are you sure you want to know about, like, you want to hear what I have to say? You're not just, you know, messing around and no, I want to hear it. But as the conversation went on, as I said, we got into more sensitive topics about military, uh, working for the government because she works for the government here and stuff. That's when I noticed a big change. In that point, I would have uh, uh, quoted Mark Twain. It's impossible for a man to understand something if his income depends on him not understanding. I've heard it. you say that very great quote. Yep. I mean, that's that's how I argue with people is that. These these conversations have already been had, in some cases hundreds if not thousands of years ago. Every conversation that you have with somebody that turns into an argument or, or whatever, it's happened before to mm-hmm. other people in other times when in similar circumstances, all right? It's, it's, a, it's a fractal, you know? Everything's just a smaller or larger representation of something else. And so when you're having this kind of conversation, mate, how much, how much do you know about Marcus Aurelius, the last of the five great emperor, his book Meditations? How much yep. do you know about Sun Tzu? You know, these people have figured shit out. All yep. right. I'm sorry, man, I promised I wouldn't swear again. And I just <laughs> did. For F's sake. Um, now, 
See, I call myself <laughs> anti-monster. See, I'm, I'm onto it. Uh, but, but, but the, the point of the matter is, ancient knowledge exists, uh, and it's and it's uh, applicable real world because human beings, despite the the technology and the time and the culture, maybe uh, what makes us tick. That's, that's, that hasn't changed. Men right. still want to make love to women. All right. Uh, women still want resources mm-hmm. and people still argue and so on and so forth. These things don't change. They're part, they're part of our natural evolutionary cycle. And I think that the reason why I'm so much better at arguing with uh, uh, people in, in, in terms of, you know, uh, a debate or, or trying to explain something more to the point, mm-hmm. if, if somebody's not interrupting me, uh, I can get across ideas very, very well because they're not my ideas. No, there's nothing new under the sun. Everything's already been uh, discovered. What you do is you can take all the discoveries other people have got and combine them into something new and beautiful. That is what we're all here to do. Exactly. Very well said. Yeah, and and I do know, Vinny, that after our, we, we talked for about an hour, I, I definitely know I planted seeds, though. And that's what I always tell people is that I'm not trying to wake people up. I'm still learning myself about a lot of things. I've, I've been listening and learning for a lot of years, but I'm still always learning. And I could tell after the conversation that she's going to think about what we talked about because I could see it. When, you know what I mean? When you're having a conversation, you can just tell by people like how they're taking it in or if they're ignoring you. And I could tell I really had her thinking and questioning things and i thought that so i i took that as a, you know it was a, a somewhat of a win because i did plant these seeds kind of like what you said you know you plant the seeds and she's going to start thinking about this right and questioning things and i think so that's all i can hope to do and i think that i did that with that conversation for sure yeah i mean all you can do is all you can do yeah that's true nobody's perfect mm-hmm. um you know, I, I I make mistakes and and do stupid things all the time. You know, this one, you know, I'll, I'll I'll admit it. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm a genius, but I'm also a freaking idiot. All right? right. And 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 this is the uh, the true of us all. We all have the light and the dark and the uh, the key of the shadow work and really uh, getting into tune with natural laws. Looking at that darkness honestly. Right, and that's a great – I'm glad you brought up uh, shadow work, Vinny, because that's something I've been talking about with quite a few of my guests lately. I've been really harnessing – like going in and and talking about shadow work because I think that's – for me, that's the foundation to when you start looking into natural law and all of these topics. You have to first do the work on yourself, and I'm finding that a lot of people, they run the other direction when they have to start confronting themselves. And I just think that's so important and something that I don't see a lot of people doing that, you know, stop pointing the finger at everything else in, in, in your world. And it's their problem or they, they fault, you know what I mean? Always pointing the finger and start pointing the finger at yourself. And I know when I started doing that, it made a huge difference when I started confronting things in my, why I believe the certain things I do uh, why all those things and the traumas in my life. So let people know, like, discuss how important this shadow work is. Uh, well, I was just thinking about this. I'm to blame. And just, just think about those three words. I'm to blame. Mm-hmm. Look at the world how it is. Right. I'm to blame. Look at your life how it is. I'm to blame. Look at your relationships how they are. I'm to blame. 
Look at the you gave him mug last week. I'm to blame. You see, taking that full on personal responsibility isn't a burden. It liberates you because it means that you are the only one who can do something about it right here, right now, at every second of every day. You're now capable. All right. Only if you blame yourself and take responsibility for the things that you are, the things that you've done and the things that you're planning on doing. Will you ever truly be free? I'm to blame. Oh, Pete, this guy named Pete. Somebody warned me he was a psychopath and I didn't listen. And I got involved and then destroyed my career and lost my uh, brand label and uh, like almost, uh, you know, went out of the truth movement and stuff like that. And then one year I was like, wait a second. I'm to blame. I did that. I allowed that to happen. And then all of a sudden that, that fog, that, uh, that kind of, oh, no, baby, poor me, it just went away. And suddenly there I was, coming back, coming straight back, like like from from the dead. Personal responsibility. There was once a man who tried to change the world, but the world was too big, so he failed. So he tried to change his country instead. Couldn't do that either. So he tried to change his city. Failed again. So he tried to change his family. His family wouldn't listen to him. If only he'd changed himself, his family would have seen his example. They could have helped him change the city. The city could have changed the country. The country. The world. It starts from within. You know? Mm-hmm. told me, I, I said to him, hey, humanity's kind of like a spring. You know that coil? When you push that spring down, it resists you every step of the way. If you got it all the way down, it resists you all the more. And you've got to keep the pressure on the whole time. Otherwise, it'll just pop back up. Right. And he goes, no, Vinny. Use an organic example. Humanity's more like a water spring. And what happens when you try to force down water that's bursting its way through to the surface? It starts burrowing sideways through rock mm-hmm. and sand and stone and bursting through to the surface from places not predict or comprehend. All right. That's what humanity's spirit is really like. And I was like, well, touche. Right. And this concept of, uh, you know, what, what you're here to do. And I, I like to do this on my, on my show a number of times. You've probably, probably heard it as well. Mm-hmm. Got, yeah, got asked uh, uh, one time by a couple of American talk, talk show hosts. So, Vinny, give it to us straight. <laughs> is your flat or is it round? And I go, well... I think it's a holographic fractal projection of collective consciousness experiencing itself subjectively. And they were like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And I I said, well, it, it sounds complex, and it is, but it's not complicated. All right, so what's a, what's a hologram? All right, let's say I take a screenshot of us right now and embed it into a hologram instead of a hard drive. It's just a, it's just a storage information, all right, and this is the fabric of the universe. When you try to delete that information, kind of like energy, energy can never be destroyed, it only transforms. Yep. What, what happens in a hologram is that the picture of us is still there, the whole picture. It's just half the resolution. Try to delete it again, the whole picture's still there, half the resolution, infinitely down. 
That's the first thing. That nothing can ever really truly be forgotten or destroyed uh, in terms of information in this universe, whether that information be physical or metaphysical. And the second step of it, nothing can be forgotten. What about the scale? What, what, what are we looking at? Have a look inside your you'll find cells. Inside those cells are whole other different cultures of other cells who, not, who aren't aware that they're part of a cell. And inside those little cells are other, are other whole civilizations of little cells. And inside those are all civilizations. Infinitely down the chain, as above, so below. You and I, we produce a magnetic field, just like all living things, just like the planet does. The planet's alive. It's a, it's a large super being, and we're like a cell on its body. And all of our psionic consciousness makes it do things, talks to it, just like the infinite civilizations within us talk to us. Bro, you're drinking too much! Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> you know? Um, so that's the fractal. Everything's either a larger or, or a smaller version of everything else, and nothing can really be forgotten. Now, this is where it starts to get interesting because it it goes into what's projecting this, all right? It's a collective consciousness, and they did this experiment called the double slit experiment. Um, they also tried the double slit experiment, but it was less successful. But anyway, uh, the, they had these two metal slots uh, uh, and, a, and a proton gun, and they, and they figured they should get bang, bang. That would, that, that would, what would happen? Yeah, let's figure out how that proton explodes. And uh, so they, they fire the gun, bang, and it went through the slot, and then it turned into a waveform. Yep. Right? And they're like, whoa, that's cool, man. How did that happen? And put a little camera there by the slot to see what happens when it comes in. Bang, bang. It changed. It, it changed the way it behaved because it was being observed. The, the proton got stage fright. That means it. It has consciousness. That means everything's got consciousness. Yep. Protons, electrons, morons, all of them. You know, and, and when, we, when we look at this kind of thing, we're, we're looking at a, a collective consciousness. So like the rock, the tree, you and me are all contributing to the infinite consciousness of creation. All right. And creation needed us to feel complete. And when you uh, have fifth dimensional consciousness, like we do, and the, and the skills and, and, and capacities that we have, your responsibility to the universe, I feel, is a little bit more. All right? Uh, and so in this holographic fractal that's projected by collective consciousness experiencing itself subjectively, I'm experiencing it as Vinnie Eastwood. You're experiencing it as Crypto Rick. Mm -hmm. All right. Is, is it Crypt Rick or Crypto Rick? Crypt, Crypt Rick. But Rick is okay. good too. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. 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 Let's, there we go. Rick is good too. Fantastic. There you go. Perfect. Right. Okay. Okay. So you're experiencing it as Rick. I'm experiencing it as Vinnie. And we're fifth dimensional consciousness beings. All right. So first dimension's a dot. Second dimension's a line. Third dimension's a box. Fourth dimension's the box moving through time. The fifth dimension is where all your thoughts are right now while you're not. I'm and I'm talking, they don't really exist until you spend your fourth dimensional time willing those thoughts into the three-dimensional universe. Whatever it is you're creating, you could be baking a cake, you could be cleaning out a, uh, a closet, and you have five seconds to react on that thought. Five, one thousand, four, one thousand, three. You see, 
the motivation is suddenly gone for you to get up and do whatever it is you were doing. You might have been thinking right now, as I was saying, that, man, I need to get up and do some car- carving. Five, one thousand, three, one thousand. You see, as soon as those seconds are up, your ability to follow your consciousness through to its logical conclusion and obey that ping that those ideas uh, give you, that, that energy dissipates. And you have to be really on the ball because this is how your ideas and your consciousness uh, get willed into reality by sheer will. All right. Everybody can have imagination, but very, very few people have the will to manifest what they imagine in their head into the three dimensional reality. Now, this is where we're talking about our technology here. This 60s counterculture that I mentioned with Joe Atwell uh, earlier. Yeah. The reason why they created that and created all the hippies and all of that kind of stuff was to get people away from the three things that would save them against a communist, technocratic, nightmare New World Order. Having less work ethic during your 20s and 30s, where you are most likely to work the hardest, make the most money, and come up with your most productive ideas, keep them away from the much advancing at the time of the 1960s uh, technology that was going to be used to enslave them and get them out of the idea of a traditional uh, family unit with the mummy and the daddy and their babies. Okay, That way, by the time this system gets set up and all of these uh, uh, baby boomers and, and things of that nature can't even operate a smartphone, that smartphone can be used to enslave them and kill them. That's so true. I, I talk about this all the time, Vinny. Oh, my God. You're hitting on all the things I talk about. Yep. And I try to tell people, Vinny, that it's by design. <laughs> like they want people uh, – I'm just – sorry. I'm just keeping a track on the time because I do got a break coming up in like four minutes. So I just want to make sure that uh, I don't get too deep into a topic. But I hear I, – I agree totally, Vinny, what you're saying. And I try to tell people that they're, they're doing this by design. And maybe we could talk about it after the break. But I that's why they I try to tell people that they put all these distractions uh, in front of people, right? Whether it's sports or whatever, pick your poison, right? Movies, music, or whatever is to, I try to tell people that this is put in place to keep you from doing that inner, what I call shadow work and looking in on yourself. And, yeah. you know, they uh, want you in that state of, uh, not being conscious, really, like just reacting. Yeah. And they certainly don't want you getting laid, all right? You well, go that's to a true club too. And you, you go to a club <laughs> and you start talking, start talking to these chicks about natural law. That stuff will dry up a vagina oh, God, yeah. quicker than you can say fat Sam. <laughs> <All right. laughs> that's so true. I mean, it's just, I mean, there's, there's some girls who, who get turned on by it. I know one, but that's it. Right. All right? And she's my girlfriend. This... <laughs> 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 so yeah, I rest my case. <laughs> yep, it's true, and and uh, it, you're. But that's the thing, and I, I tr- I've been I've had a lot of interviews actually recently with Will Keller and a few other people that we were talking about how um they what they're doing, how they're trying to keep us from connecting with our inner self, and especially looking like connecting with nature. Like it's there's a very broad topic i i realize but it's stuff that i've been talking about how they keep us they want us in that state 
of uh, not definitely not in a conscious state, and they want us in a reactive state, in a state of fear. And so you cannot. They're they're specifically doing that for a reason, and it's like what you're saying. They do not want you um, looking into your definitely uh, looking in inward to yourself and addressing those issues and keep you away from this information that we're talking about at all costs because they don't want people, you know, even looking into it. So they kind of, I mean, if if you're questioning the people who have all the money and all the power and all the sex, what do you think they're going to reward you with money and power? No. Right. All right. You, you got to be into into life for for just uh, something uh, other than just the pleasures of the flesh. I mean, it's beyond you. I mean, after you after you die, what is what is all that sh- what is all that stuff worth? It's very I, true. I stop. I stop myself saying saying <laughs> that. You're I'm getting s- better. I, I, shh, shh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Just shh. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting better, Vinny. No, you're doing I, awesome. I'm, I'm getting better. I just came out of gulag. Like, I I know socialize very much inside. You know, I, I was. I get I was, it. <laughs> I get I was, it. When you get talking about these topics, Vinny, I get so heated too that it's hard not to swear. I, that's for sure. It's uh, very stuff when you're passionate about it. It just kind of comes out. I mean, I can't. Sometimes I can't even help it. So I, I get it. It's yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's also I, I uh, just sort of like rolled out of bed and, and got on the radio and stuff like that. I know I don't I look know. it, but but uh, the time zones some, are brutal. Yeah, time zones this, are brutal. Well, it's it's more the fact that uh, we just went on a long, long car trip, and uh, when we uh, uh, got home and stuff, there was uh, lots of uh, stuff for me to uh, unpack and clean up and 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 whatnot while uh, while Rebecca went to bed, um, get her, get her beauty sleep. That would sleep. do it. That would yeah. do it. But oh, I think I hear music, Vinny. So we do got a break coming up, guys. Like five minute break. So get a coffee, do whatever you do. Got to stretch, and we will be back for the second hour. We got Vinny Eastwood on here. We're going to be covering a lot of great topics. So stay with us, guys. Radio, freedomslips.com, number one listener supporter radio, the printing press for freedom at a time when freedom is needed the most.
I am Bill Johnson. Some consider my efforts to be an underground law school. I am not an attorney, and I do not give legal advice. I teach. That's lawful and legal. Consider yourself served. You are to appear Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, Studio A. My forte? Foreclosure and contract law. Grab your legal pad and pen. Learn a broad spectrum of law spanning administrative, criminal, family, tort, and federal law. Fools and losers cling to old cases. I dissect and comment on the latest rulings that control the courts. Don't be a loser. And if you don't appear, you will be held in contempt. I will defend myself against their tyranny. Number three is my radio broadcast. I'm squarely in front of the public all the time, and they all know what's going on. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on expanding its sphere of influence. Hello, my name is John Wayne. And I do a broadcast here at freedomslips.com, revolution.radio, called The Unequivocal Truth, DEFCON 1. Freedom and fear are at war. And folks, I assure you, we are in Defense Commission 1, Mission 1, as we journey perilously through this paradigm that we currently reside in. And I ask that you join me every Saturday, 8 to 10 p.m., Eastern Standard Time for the Unequivocal Truth, DEFCON 1. The original machine had a base plate of prefamulated amulite surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two spurving bearings were in a direct line with a panometric fan. The lineup consisted simply of six hydrocoptic marzal veins, so fitted to the ambifacient lunar wane shaft that side fumbling was effectively prevented. The main winding was of the normal lotus o deltoid type placed in panendermic semi-boloid slots of the stator, every seventh conductor being connected by a non-reversible tremi pipe to the differential girdle spring on the up end of the gram meters. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio, taking the confusion out of transmutated lunar girdle springs for four years and running. Revolution Radio, the number one listener-supported alternative media radio on the planet. All right, thanks for listening while we took that short break here at Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com. And now we're going to get back to your host. Well, welcome back, everybody. We are here for the second hour, we are having a great conversation with an amazing person, uh, Vinny Eastwood. And it's such a uh, great, uh, just a privilege to talk to. I mean, I really enjoy all the content that he's putting out there and doing, you know, the best he can, you know, amazing things, I think, to, to just bring topics to people and make them start thinking and uh, it's what I hope I can do too. I just hope that, you know, I'm not trying to, I can't change, like Vinny said, you can't change people and, uh, force them to believe anything, right? You just kind of, I just call it planting seeds where you kind of put out some information and hope that, you know, when down the road, they'll start thinking about what you said and maybe start looking into it, uh, for themselves. And then I think that's when great things can start happening. But 
I also think that before that can really happen, that you, as we were talking about, you have to kind of do that shadow work on yourself and stop pointing the finger at everything else, everyone else in the world and start, you know, it's a hard thing to do to take that finger and point it at yourself and start to realize that, you know, you, if what's going on in your life, you have a great deal of responsibility for what's happening in your life, whether you want to admit it or not. So, uh, are you there? It's a gross process. It's a gross process pulling your finger out and pointing it at yourself. That's true. It very much is. <laughs> but you know, yeah, it's true. But I just find Vinny, I'm just I I like talking about it, that the shadow work topic because that's the one thing I find that people are not um doing. Uh, a lot of the people I talk about, and that's the one thing I wanted to bring up. I was going to bring up in the first hour was what was dangerous for me was I, as I got learning about this years ago and I'm still, like I said, I'm still learning and talking about it. And I, I, it's very, I'm very passionate about it, but I got kind of surrounded by a group of friends that we kind of all thought the same. And, and I was, and then after a while, I kind of naively believed that this is how everybody thinks because I was in a little bubble of people that we kind of all talked about the same things. We knew what was going on. And then for me, what woke me up really gave me a kick in the ass was with COVID a couple of years ago, and when I saw how they attacked people so quickly through the media and put that fear out there, and if you would have told me like three years ago that they could have shut the world down, and I always tell people that, like, they think about that. They shut the world down over, like, I call it a scary story, basically, and uh, people didn't really question it. There were some people questioning, but not a lot. People well, just went around to, with it. Well, it's kind of like um, – It's very disturbing to me. <laughs> it's kind of like the climate – and racism and, uh, you know, the patriarchy and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Can you touch the patriarchy? Mm. Can you touch racism? Uh, can, you, can you touch climate change? Mm -hmm. Can you touch this uh, 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 alleged, you know, uh, uh, pandemic? No, you can't because uh, they're, they're, they're all abstractions. They don't really exist, all right? And the, and the beautiful thing about something that doesn't really exist is that you can point anywhere and go, look, there it is. It's right behind you, you know? It's in front of you. Oh, my, it's all around you, you know? Oh, okay, it's invisible. It's odorless. It's tasteless, and uh, it doesn't make a sound. And, <laughs> you know, how, how can we be sure that it really exists? And and the, the the thing is, they just keep repeating it over and over and over again until eventually people come to believe it. All right, and and that's that's all it is really. And it's not entirely dissimilar for what we have to do. We have to just repeat the truth over and over and over again until people come to believe it. And now the problem is that we're not going after belief; we're going after knowledge. All right. Now um, the big main difference. Problem, I, big difference. Well, it's a big difference, but also the same uh, time and the same token in the truth movement. We're obtaining this knowledge. We're obtaining natural law. Are we fully applying it? I'm not applying all the principles of, of natural law. I still eat meat and, and uh, uh, things like that. And it's about uh, trimming it down step by step by step. You can't go from I'm a slave and I believed everything I was being told by the media and TV and movies and so on and so forth to I'm now free and I'm a good example of a human being that everybody should follow. All right? That's, right. that's not a transition that happens overnight. And that's not a transition that you may ever actually achieve, even if you try really, really hard. You know, they say mm -hmm. there's two mistakes on the road to becoming a master, not beginning and not finishing. Very true. Yep. Not beginning 
and not finishing. That's so true. And how many people never begin? <laughs> like that's another thing, right? Another. And that's why the occultists call them the unbegun. Yeah. Exactly. And they've never and that, begun to live. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think disturbs me the most, Vinny, is that with all the information that we've never had this amount of information at our fingertips in history that like that we know of. And I just, well, we did, we did maybe like when I started on YouTube in 2008 through right, 2017, right. that was the golden age of, of information. You can find anything, anywhere, anytime on any platform. And now I can't even find my own shows, Rick. All right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. And you were telling me about that too, that there was a gold, a really golden time even for YouTube and that where you could talk about anything, right? And they weren't clamping down. Now, geez, you can't talk about hardly anything on YouTube and they're pulling your videos or giving you strikes or it's crazy. The amount of censorship going on right now. I, it's really, it was shocking to me because it started happening to me on my YouTube channel and the things they were striking me for, it was nothing. It was really, that's when I started to see when you get into this, start doing this, you really start seeing it for yourself because it's happening to you firsthand, like just how bad the censorship is out there. And they don't want good information getting out there for sure. Mm. Very crazy. That's what uh, Stefan Verstippen told me. He says, Vinny, don't paint a target on your back. Don't get yourself arrested. I'm I'm pioneering a thing called the grey man, where we don't talk about the facts and the figures and the evidence and stuff like that, not directly. We do it through analogy. We do it through right. metaphor. And, and algorithms don't understand analogy. They don't understand metaphor because the people who program them don't. Yeah, that's great. That's a great way to look at it, too. I remember you told me that about grey man. I was like, that's what people have to start doing. And a lot of people are doing that. I'm even getting good at kind of like on YouTube – Definitely using like code words and all of that. You can't go at it directly because, as you said, they're just gonna they're gonna yank you, right? They're not gonna let you get that information out there. So that's a that's great advice. Kind of like you gotta kind of be sneaky about it in a way to get that information out there. Yeah, well, Very yeah, good. because this is uh, we're not we're not an army. We're the resistance. Mm -hmm. Okay, we have limited resources, limited personnel limited time and a large amount of targets and a large amount of enemies who are hunting us every hour of every day. All right. That's, that's what it means to be part of the resistance. And a lot of people who come into this field aren't prepared for that. All right. They're not willing to sacrifice their life, their livelihood, their comfort in order to save humanity from eternal darkness they would prefer to keep their comfort and save humanity from eternal darkness unfortunately you cannot have both that's true yeah and people don't want to that you're so right that people do not want to make the sacrifices when i always ask people that what are you willing to sacrifice for the truth and for what you believe and i it's so true when I think about that and people, that's why I keep saying people know what's going on. I think most people, I think deep down know what's going on in the world and how corrupt and evil it is, but they're not willing to act on it. Right. Because they don't want to give up their comforts like they. So it's really a weird thing. Well, it's like Mark Passio talks about the, uh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, ignorance, laziness, 
cowardice and apathy. Yep. I don't want to know. And even if I did want to know, I don't care. And even if I did know and did care, I'm too lazy to do something about it. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. And even if I wasn't too lazy to do something about it, I'm too afraid to do something about it. You have a society full of people like that. Your society's days are numbered. All right. And so are the vast majority of the population who live in those days. Right. Yeah. And that's exactly. And so that uh, to me, it's just such a like I was on what I was going to bring up was like. I was on I've been on a couple of other podcasts where I've been a part of where we were having discussions and the one host I was talking with uh, during we were talking about the protest and the truckers convoys. This was a couple months ago when the trucker convoy was really in Canada here was like in full swing and he was getting upset saying that, you know, why are people out there protesting? Nothing. It never changes anything. And there, you know, nothing ever changes by these protests. And you're not and like, and he was getting really upset about it. And I was trying to explain to him and to the people that were listening that this isn't a problem that we're going to vote away. Like, it's not that simple where we're going to vote somebody new in because and then everything's going to go back to where we want it. And everybody's happy kind of thing. This is so much deeper than that. And I was trying to explain to them that they're they're attacking us on all fronts, and this is also a spiritual war, and that's what people have to start realizing. And it's a people have to start um, getting out of this fear that they keep us constantly in, and start you know thinking you know with like conscious thinking and not just reaction thinking and fear thinking. So like, can you talk about that? Like, this isn't a problem. This is so much more than just a voting problem. Or getting somebody new in. It's never it's never worked in history that I've ever seen, and I don't think it's ever going to work ever because it can't work. Yeah, I mean, if you keep trying the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, that's the definition of insanity. Yeah, according but to people Albert Einstein, do it. anyway. Yeah, well, people still do Albert it. Einstein, yeah, but that's according to Albert Einstein. And what the hell did he know? Now, now the the <laughs> the, 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 the thing about protesting is that it comes from uh, maritime law, all right? So uh, when you are the captain of a ship and you order your second-in-command to fire on that vessel full of innocent women and children, the second-in-command says, Sir, I officially protest this action. And he goes, okay, protest noted. And they write it down in the log, and then he fires on the vessel anyway. Okay. When you protest, the, the, de- the definition behind it is you are consenting to it, but saying that you don't like it. Now, does that stop the civilians from getting blown up? No, it doesn't. All right. So it's disobedience um, that uh, people have confused for protest. Protests are very obedient. You, you, how often do you see protests get violent and start ransacking shops and things like that? Very rarely. It does happen, but uh, those kind of things are, are often staged by the police just so that they can demonize the peaceful protesters and things of that nature, as uh, uh, was uncovered by uh, Dan Dix in the Battle of Seattle, his, uh, his uh, documentary there. Yep. And this uh, concept that we have here, we're going out to protest. And, you know, what did you achieve? I mean, I know what I was there to achieve, and I achieved it. What did you achieve? You waved a placard, you yelled out, you felt good, you felt good about something for a couple of hours or something like that, and you went home and you got tired and you got and you put on Netflix and then you went to bed and then you went back to your job the next day. Yeah. What the, 
What the flying F did you achieve? Okay. I go there. I'm live streaming it. I'm putting the facts out there through my megaphone that I've been donated on the phone that I've been donated, which is sitting in the gimbal that, that has been donated on top of the tripod that's been donated inside the backpack that's been donated. I'm clothed head to toe in clothing that's been donated. All right. There's a reason why all of that stuff's been donated to me is because I've donated so much of my time to make sure to be there, film all the speakers speaking on live streams. And before I, I uh, discovered live streaming and all of that kind of stuff and how much easier it was than editing, I was doing it the old fashioned way, going there and filming it and then cutting out all the little ums and ahs and, and things of that nature, having multiple camera setups and just do, 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 do. Did these activists pay me? No, they didn't. Did any of them even know I was doing it, doing it for them or even see those videos? Probably not. Would they even thank me profusely or do something for me if they knew about it? Probably not. It's not the reason I do it. It's because there's not enough people there who are willing to process the information. What do you see of a protest on the news? Just a bunch of people there, right? Yeah. Maybe a few, maybe a few signs Couple and maybe signs. a 30... A 30-second interview out of context with one protester, perhaps? Yep. All right. <clears throat> the, the information that, that gets said at protests is voluminous, all right? They have speakers who go for hours uh, uh, sometimes, you know, five, six different people about, about really important topics that they know very well, well enough to, even though they're terrified of, of public speaking, get up there and lay out what, they've know, what they know, all right, to, to people for free. And nobody else, you know, thought that this was important enough to cover and publish in its entirety, just so that these speeches are not wasted to the uh, um, the all-forgetting human mind and 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 wasted on the ashes of history. No, 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 no. Record, publish. You, your job isn't to speak for people or explain everything to everybody and stuff like that. Just give amplification for the voices who've done the work. All right. And it becomes very apparent who's done the work when they start about a topic that they know a lot about. For sure. For sure. And what I found disturbing, too, I get I, totally what you're saying. And I and I support anyone that's out there like yourself that is with the camera and they are doing exactly what you say. The problem is, is what I noticed, at least during the trucker convoys here in Canada, is that anytime somebody did go there live and start filming it, they're they're at least on YouTube and a couple other channels I was watching uh, platforms. They would their videos would be taken down immediately. Like it was very hard to get a good live stream uh, from the convoys here in Canada for me. Like there was some, you know, there. I'm not saying it wasn't impossible, but they were doing their best to make sure people didn't hear these speakers. It seemed to be as soon as the they were focusing in on, like you were saying, the speakers who knew the topics and were trying to educate people and bring it to their attention that's when they would pull these down so i get people's frustration Vinny, when you've got a system that is actively censoring people and they're not letting you get that information out so i think it's important that people have to learn ways around that as you were saying earlier mm -hmm. and we are in a system of full spectrum dominance, okay? Sure. Whatever way you yep. can think of to dominate somebody, that's being used against us. Mm -hmm. Are they dominating your religious thought? Yes, they are. Are they dominating your media? Yes, they are. Are they dominating your food supply? Yes, they are. The water supply? Yes. Are they dominating your air? Yes, they are. They're chemtrailing the hell out of it. For sure. I mean, they are here. 
<laughs> they are here. They're here. They live. All right. Yep. Uh, there is a signal being broadcast every minute of every day through our television sets, and it makes us have an artificially induced state of consciousness that resembles sleep. We could be food, but what we really are is livestock. They are turning our planet into their planet, and they will deplete it and move on to the next. Very true. Yep. That's from the movie They Live. Paraphrase. I'm, I'm trying to uh, learn it verbatim. I know the uh, – the. Well, do, do you know uh, Network, 1976? Have you ever seen that, Rand? Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I've done, I've done it on the show a, a bunch of times. It's just great. Well, I'm going to be – I'm already going to give you a warning, Vinny, because I was watching your uh, presentation on on the One Great Work Network. On you were talking about um, uh, the self defense principle and stuff like that, and you were you did an imitation uh, of the speech on Lord of the Rings. You did a, you did a big uh, you did one of the yeah. the big things from that. It's like in the it's you like in the great it. stories, Mister Frodo. This is awesome. The ones that really mattered, full of darkness and danger, they were. And sometimes you didn't want to know the end, because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad had happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow. A new day will come, and when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. Those are the stories that stayed with you. Those are the stories that meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. And I think, I know now, that the folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't. They kept going, because they were holding on to something. That there's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. Amazing. That was so cool. I was so happy you did that. <laughs> wow. And you did another one too, right before that one on your on your show. Uh yeah. you do I don't have so to tell well. you things are, I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their jobs. Dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street and there's nobody. Seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know our food is unfit to eat, and our air is unfit to breathe. We sit there watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and we say, please, just leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster, my TV, and my steel-belted radials, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to riot. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the inflation and the depression and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. I want you all to get up now. I want all of you to get out of your chairs. Go to the window. Open it. Stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. 
Amazing. I was thank you so much, Vinny. I was hoping you would do that for my show. You do it. It's amazing how you do that, and it's so true too. Like the things that I, I'm really a fan of some movies in that when they have like when they at some point in the movie they actually put in a little bit of truth or or a little snippet of something that if you pick it up it it really resonates with uh with you. And I think that they do that on you know they do add good things in certain movies and stuff like that. You just have to be aware enough to pick them out. And I think you just, those two are amazing. Really cool. Yeah. You know, and I, and they do, I mean, but I get like, uh, there's just, I get so frustrated because I just, I see what they're, how they're attacking on every aspect of any of uh, like there, it's not just like a one uh, front war they're after like it's like you were saying it's the air it's the food the they're doing it through media they're like it's just they've really got these social engineers have got their act together and i and i've talked to people too a lot of i talked to a lot of people and then they kind of get to the point where they're like well how do i change any it's too big to change i hear that a lot actually they're like how how do i how do you fight this they've got it so dialed in they're attacking from so many different fronts that yeah. a lot of people, I think, just throw their hands up. So how how do what would you say to that? Like, how can we give people the the courage to keep going forward and fighting against this when it's so easy just to turn on your TV and be like, I'm done. Like, I I'm I accept what happens. Yeah. Well, the reason I do it, and I think I've also encouraged a lot of people with this, and there is going to be a swear word. So everybody just sort of like tune out for a second if this is. <laughs> If this is too late, there will be one swear word and then we will be gone and I will clap my hands and then we will come back. All right. All right. The two most freeing words, the most powerful word in the English language is no. Mm -hmm. The two most freeing words in the English language are, and here comes the swear word, ladies and gentlemen, tune out for just five seconds here. Fuck it. All right. No, no, seriously, what have you got to lose? Your life? You're going to lose that anyway. Everybody dies someday, but not everybody dies on their feet. Some people die on knees, begging like a dog. Get on your feet. Don't do nothing. All right. The beautiful thing about full spectrum dominance is that any way that you resist, resists it. Okay. Great point. You decide one day that you're not going to go to a chain supermarket and go to a local green grocer instead. You are destroying the new world order, one little piece of it, okay? Every time you decide not to watch mainstream media and watch a show like Rick's, you are destroying the mainstream media, just one little piece of it, okay? Don't you realize that each and every tiny little action that you take reverberates forever in history, okay? So... Just like you sitting on your ass watching Netflix because you can't be bothered destroying the new world order in some, in some unique and fabulous and fun way of your own today, that action will reverberate forever as well. Your laziness, your apathy, your cowardice, that's going to resonate. Now, am I saying I never watch Netflix? No, I do this right. regularly. But I do usually do it after I've done a show, after I've done my work for the day, because you can't work all the time. All right. You get burnt out. All right. And I know this. I've, I've, I've approached burnout many, many times. Every year you approach burnout and every year you have to take a break. Every time you have to uh, take care of other people, sometimes you forget care of yourself. Yep. And if you're trying to take care of 
world. How if, if in hell are you going to do that unless you take care of yourself as well? All right. Can't take care of yourself. You can't take care of a business. All right. So don't put too much pressure on yourself. This system didn't get built up yesterday. All right. Mm-hmm. Somebody didn't just click their, uh, uh, click their fingers and, and, uh, make it happen. And it's not going to fall in a day either. All right. The, the problem is when you come out and you're new and you haven't been doing this for 15 years or 20 years or 60 years, like, uh, uh Jordan Maxwell or, uh, G. Edward Griffin, um, had done. All right. Uh, your work, whatever it is, however small, especially in front of children, is very, very important. And don't don't discount yourself. You don't think that your little efforts aren't making a difference. They make a difference every day, okay? Every day you do something against the New World Order makes a difference. You may not see what that difference is. The next generation might not see it, but maybe the one after or the one after that, just so long as you don't do nothing, you are contributing to the one and great and indivisible whole. You can only bear the weight that you can bear. And I believe that all men are given the strength by God to bear the loads they have to. Right. Yep. And that, and that's a great way to put it, Vinny, that, cause I think that a lot of people get overwhelmed, as we were saying, uh, as I was bringing up, that they think of how they're getting attacked from all fronts, but I love the way that you said, don't look at it as a, that big, right? Just do little changes, any little way you can resist. If we all do that, it adds up. So, I mean, that's a great way to put it. It's not so overwhelming then, that when you, you know, if you break it down that way. How do you eat an elephant? <laughs> it's an it's an old it's an old African proverb. How do you eat an elephant? One bite. Oh, so at that's time. I was gonna, yeah, one bite at a time. I was going to say that too. <laughs> all right, right. It's a it's it's a big old thing. You don't have to get it all done in one go. All right, go slow, chill right. out. You're sitting there and you're working for longer than forty five minutes. Or so, like I've got a I've got a very strict break schedule, especially while editing with um. With shows and stuff like that, I can augment them. You know, I can I can go for six hours straight on a show or so or something like that mm-hmm. if I have to. Um, but in general, when it comes to really doing like proper work and stuff like that and getting it done, um, I base my break schedule around uh, the brain's physiology. Now, so concentration, all right, your, your number one uh, uh, concentration as opposed to number two concentration, all right. You remember number one concentration. You're there. You're alive. Okay. You're totally on the ball. You're really focused. 45 minutes, you go into number two concentration. I'm here. I'm trying to focus. I'm trying to get the thing done. And I'm getting frustration. Mm-hmm. All right. And I'm making mistakes. And then I haven't spending time going back to correct those mistakes, which increases my frustration, makes me even more tired, makes it even harder to concentrate and so on and so forth. You've gotten into that cycle, haven't you, ladies and gentlemen? Mm -hmm. Okay. 45 minutes. Okay. Four, five minutes. That's how long it takes for your brain to stop concentrating optimally. Your creativity your accuracy, all of that starts to go out the window after that time window is over. Hence, when I'm working, really working on a creative project where I need to 
summon up the 400,000 words of the English language that I know, all right, in order to create a script or, or a, a narration or something of that nature, I've got to have a break every 45 minutes, you know, give yourself a little bit of time off away from a screen, breathe, have a few refreshments and, and things like that. And then you come back and you're fresh and you don't make mistakes. You don't have to go back and correct them. You don't get frustrated. All right. You're a prime. Right. That is the way to do it without stressing yourself out, without burning yourself out. And then you can do like Vinny Eastwood does and make 6,000. All right. That is approximately 5,500 more videos than any other New Zealand truth uh, uh, movement producer has ever made, to my knowledge. And I'm still making more than and I'm still making more than all of them combined per week, even at speed. You understand how much taking care of yourself increases your productivity, makes people think that you're working a hell of a lot. No, I'm not. A quarter of every hour, I'm taking a break. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You see, that's not laziness. That's efficiency. And it comes from experience and it comes from learning stuff. You know, TED Talks are really, really good. You know, learn about the human brain. Learn, Learn about all of this stuff. You know, yep. I I agree, and and that's the one thing I I've got into discussions and kind of arguments with people that they're like, well, if I start doing this work and you're telling me that I got to put on the time watching all these videos and reading books and all of that, they they get really upset. And they're like, they kind of it's weird, Vinny, how they twist it, and then they're like, so basically, I can't have any fun. That's kind of where they seem to go to with the arguments, uh, discussions, I should say, that I have with people. They're like, well, if I start doing this work and I have to learn about this, I'm not going to – what, I can't watch movies. I can't, you know, do what I want to do. I, You know, if I – you're making No, no, no. That's, that's a complete uh, misnomer of the situation. It is. It is. I tell 80, people. 80 rule. Yep. 80-20 rule. Yep. Okay? 80% of the time do stuff that's good for you. 20% of the time have fun. All right. Now, now yep. I, I recall from uh, the movie Armageddon, uh, just before the uh, uh, drillers had to go up to the asteroid, uh, they'd been working really hard doing astronaut training the whole yep. time. And uh, Bruce Willis says to the uh, the guys at NASA, give these guys the, the day off, the night off. All right. The entire right, at least 10 hours. And they go, well, what if they talk? What if they what if they <laughs> uh, share the information and stuff like that? And he goes, yeah, well, what if they're up there and they forget what they're fighting for? All right. Yep. I'm not tell- I'm not asking you uh, to make this happen. I'm telling you, make this happen. And you have to tell yourself that, ladies and gentlemen, if you if you're getting into this stuff, take the night off. Yes. Go out, have a few drinks, have a few laughs, go see some music, go dance your little butt off. All right. Remind yourself what you are fighting for. The things you love may be gone tomorrow. You must enjoy them today. The traumatic things that you've experienced in your life get buried into your brain and they don't go away and they constantly remind you of themselves all the time to remind you of what you are not anymore. Okay? You feel bad about those reminders and you're supposed to. It's to remind you never to go back to what you were. Because you're better now. All right. So, yep. Yeah. So good true. memories. 
the good yeah. memories, on the other hand, you forget about them almost instantly, okay, by comparison to those bad memories. That's why you have to create new good memories every day. That's so perfect said. I, uh, it's, and that's a great way to put it. I, that's what I try to tell people too, Vinny, is that, you know, I'm not saying if you're doing this type of work, you can't have fun. So I'm glad that you really stressed that, that, you know, go have fun. I mean, my God, like you can't do this work 24 seven. Like you said, you're going to burn out. Like you just, the brain doesn't, you can't, <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. You need that, that. I call it the decompression hour. I have a show video called the Crip Rick's Decompression Hour where on here on Revolution Radio I, for an hour, I just talk about music, stuff that I love, music, movies, uh, documentaries that I love and stuff like that. I just have to separate for that hour. And I, and I tell people it's what keeps me sane because, <laughs> I, I mean, mean – even even Neo and and Morpheus and the and the characters in the Matrix, they still went back to the Matrix to do their work, didn't they? Yep. Okay. Didn't yep. spend all their time in the safety of Zion waiting to for somebody else to rescue them. They went out and they uh, enjoyed the things that they could enjoy, even though they knew it was an illusion, just because that was the place where all real work was being done. Yep. Exactly. That great. I'm so glad that we discussed that because I think do a lot of people think that if you're not doing it 24 seven, you're not doing a good job. And I'm so glad that you, the way you broke it down, video is perfect. Uh, that, you know, you'd go out and have fun. Exactly. You have to. And, uh, it's very important too, I think to, to make you more effective. And you said, you know, you're, you're more creative and everything. If you're giving yourself that downtime, letting your brain just relax. Yeah. I mean, you know, it comes down to personal responsibility. For example, are you personally responsible for the creation of the CIA, the New World Order, satanic pedophile rings? No? No? Okay, okay. Then it's not your responsibility to solve them, at least not by yourself. Right. <laughs> yep. It's certainly your responsibility to never participate in them. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you find out that you are in some in some uh, kind of things, you know, you've got to, you've got to back away, regardless of what riches and, and uh, fame and fortune it throws at you in order to keep you in the loop. Right? And, and, and I, I think it was like this. I used to drink fluoridated water. I used to eat artificial sweeteners. I used to watch trash TV, the news, and so on and so forth. And I gave that stuff up little bit by little bit by little bit by little bit. Okay? You don't have to give up all the things that you used to be all at once. It's a massive transition period, okay? It's just like changing your diet or something like that. It takes a long time for mm-hmm. new habits to form, and don't put so much pressure on yourself. You're like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not waking enough up. Oh, okay. Well, well, think about this then, and this is what um, uh, Steve Hughes, my favorite living comedian, uh, uh, told me, uh, is that, look, they have – the best psychologists in the world being paid top dollar specifically to figure out how to mess with you. And you feel guilty that they managed to be successful in messing with you? You know, like you're, 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 you're looking down on yourself. It's, it's like you're a five-year-old child going into the ring against Muhammad A in his prime. Mm-hmm. And he and you get beat down and you're like, oh man, I'll never be, I'll never accomplish anything. It's like, no, no, you weren't. Pl- you're not playing in a fair fight. Don't be so hard on yourself, guys. It is a miracle that any of us have woken up at all. 
at all. Be grateful for the fact that you've woken up, no matter how painful it is. I mean, I remember many, many uh, uh, times when I've been crying or depressed or yelling and stuff like that. Baby, do you want the muffins with the yellow icing or the blue <laughs> icing? Not a little one's an inside job. Then you realize we're all slaves. What's wrong with you, people? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. We've all been there, man. We've, we've all been there, and, and, and eventually we, we get out of it, and then, of course, we talk to our family again, and we go straight back to it. You know, as a... Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> they get under your skin, man. You go, I, mean, I, I, I don't know if there's any kind of like um, some kind of ascended master who can talk to his, uh, his family who don't, who don't know nothing about enlightenment and don't want to know and stuff like that, and, he, and, he, and he's like, you know, he's gone, to, he's gone to like the ninth dimension of consciousness or some stuff like that, and he's trying to, he's trying to explain to them something. And they're like, no, 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 bro, you're just crazy. And this, and this ascended master starts getting really pissed off. <laughs> All right. And it's like um, so this story that I tell about the uh, the uh, analogy of looking at truth from different angles. All right. Um, and uh, Frederick's kind of like inspired this uh, uh, story to a degree. He was at a uh, conference and, and he's a former uh, uh, Freemason, a member of nine secret societies um, and wrote a book called The uh, the Secret War Inside Freemasonry. Uh, it was going to be taken over from the inside by the Scottish Rite. Now, the uh, concept here is somebody asked him at a conference, do you believe in our Lord Jesus Christ? And he didn't say yes. He said that there are many paths up the mountain of truth. Christianity might be one, uh, and I've come to the same truth that many Christians have come to, uh, whilst uh, that's not my doctrine. But, yeah, I, I agree with a lot of the things. And uh, then these people walked out. I'm not listening to this guy. He's not Christian. All right. So the story goes that uh, there were two ascended masters from very different belief structures on opposite sides of the earth. The one thing that their belief structures did share was that there was a mountain of truth and that if you meditated hard enough, you'd be able to see it. You'd actually be able to see the mountain of truth. All right. One guy starts meditating. Boom, he gets into that state and he walks out through this cloud and there it is. It's the mountain of truth. There's these two big fat boulders down the bottom of it, a big shaft that goes up, and another boulder formation on the top. The other, the other ascended master gets into his meditative state. Boom! He comes out of the cloud, and he comes out the opposite side of the mountain of truth to the other guy. And uh, from his perspective, it looks like a uh, bunch of cascading ridges with a little bit of, with a little bit of uh, convex sort of like cave inside, and. Uh, First guy yells out, hey, it looks like a dick, you pussy. The other guy goes, no, it looks like a pussy, you dick. Don't call me a dick, you pussy. Don't call me a pussy, you dick. And the moral of the story is that there is a mountain of truth, but... We're often being too much of a dick or too much of a pussy to see it from other people's perspective. Very true. Yeah, I'm not even commenting after that, Vinny. That's so powerful. We just said that people do not want to see it from other people's point of view. Wow. And I'm... 
They don't want to be objective. They think that this world is subjective. They're solipsists. They believe, like, if I was a solipsist, I would believe that I created you, Rick, in my head. All right. Yeah. And that I, I created your entire life, your entire backstory, every job you've ever done. I just created that, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I, I created the other 7 billion consciousnesses on this planet that are running simultaneously while I'm living my life. I created all of that. It's just, it's just a subjective uh, uh, thing. You know, this is my, this is my play yard. I'm all, I'm all that is. That is freaking nuts. All right. Yeah. It, 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 even you start thinking about it for, for a moment and it, and it comes across as incredibly insane, doesn't it? Because oh. we're in a shared reality that we are all co-creating and if you're not creating something and bringing it into reality to inspire other people who ain't seen it yet, you know, just like every musician has heard music before, every filmmaker has seen a movie, and every truther has watched truth videos or, or, or listened to podcasts or had their mum or their dad tell them about stuff that uh, other people didn't tell their kids uh, when they were growing up and stuff like that. We all get where we are for a very, very good reason, Okay. And what's problematic here is that we we have this pressure, all right? Now, that pressure is not necessarily a bad thing, all right? Steel, it gets made by incinerating iron, mm -hmm. okay? It is the heat. It is the pressure, ladies and gentlemen, okay? That is what steals you against the things that you are going to face. Everything that you have experienced in life has been in preparation for what is about to happen, what you're about to see. Okay? And now we are facing the darkest of possibilities that mankind could theoretically, with the technology that's currently in place and the apparatus that's currently in place, unless these people are stopped, there will not be no human freedom ever again. Right. That's that's what we're up against. That's the fire on us. Mm -hmm. That is the pressure put upon you. And the question is, are you going to steel yourself against that possibility? Rise to occasion. Or are you going to melt away? Yep. Yep. And I think a lot in this, the scary part to me, that I see, Vinny, is a lot of people are willing to melt away. <laughs> I I just I, I can always speak from where if the, the my experiences and I'm just very shocked how um people at least in my area are quite happy with the way the world is going. They don't think there's a problem. Uh I and what it's crazy Vinny is that we had the mask mandates lifted here probably I I don't know exactly. I'm going to say like a month ago give or take. And what's shocking to me is that there's still people where I live now they're fighting to get the mask mandates brought back. Like they, they are not happy that they were lifted and they want it brought back and they want the vaccine passports brought back. And, and I'm just, it's craziness when you start looking at this and yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, there's a movie called the, uh, the big short about these guys who gambled on the, uh, the stock market against the mortgage lenders at the time, which mm -hmm. had quadrillions of dollars of debt of all these mortgage-backed securities and things like that, collapsed the entire world global economy. Now, they were betting against these things. You know, that, that means they, they, they're betting that those stocks are going to go down. But they didn't go down. They keep going up and up and up. And these guys were like, this is crazy. 
Mm-hmm. Well, like we know that these guys are are, are like Mariana level debt pressure under the water like like their head isn't above the water it's 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 a thousand feet below water how in the hell are these things uh, still staying solvent mm-hmm. they didn't know and they never found out but they never lost faith they kept betting against it all right then when the economy collapsed they got these massive payouts from from the stock market by betting against it. And people came up to them and they're like, how did you how did you know that the stock market was going to crash? I mean, how did you know that all the mortgages were all were all phony and being being uh, given to people who couldn't pay them back and, and collapsing their global economy? How did you know that? And they went, well, we did the one thing that nobody else did. We looked. <laughs> And the same is true of us all. Uh, if you're if you're into this vein, you're different to everybody else because you're doing the one thing that they're not doing. Yeah, very true. Right? Now that's 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 a pressure. Okay, it's it's lonely to be a seer, all right, a wayfinder, the pathfinder of uh, the American uh, tradition is often alone, and he has a blade. That unlike the normal blades, has two sides. Okay, it's a representation. That's what Michael C. Rupert, God, God rest his soul, uh, said, is that it cuts both ways. The the seer, the role of the pathfinder, cuts both ways. For every new and beautiful place and person that you find you lose the beauty and the luster of the things that you had once seen, and you lose the people that you love. That is what it means to be a seer. That is what it means to be a pathfinder, to suffer loss and grief and anguish and still continue seeing the way, still continue finding the path for others to follow in your wake, even though they may never know your name or never recognize that it was your work's that they tread upon safely today. Right. Yep. Very so true. Yeah, I, I tell you, Vinny, you're I'm so happy I got you on here to talk. Because you're just the way you explain things, it just it's perfect for uh just the way you you word it and and uh put it out there. It it really does break it down to I think to a way that people can absorb it uh better than just going at people like i was saying earlier and uh so that's so powerful and uh i try to tell people too Vinny, that there's so many different ways that you can do the great work too like like i think a lot of people think that you have to just be out there with like like you said a megaphone or doing a podcast or whatever but there's so many different uh, ways you can do it through different means there's art and books poetry you know music there's so many different ways and i think that once people, I think it's just important that people find their way that works best for them and that they're comfortable with to start doing the great work and getting the, the message out there. And I yeah. think that the, you know, it's important that people realize that. I think a lot of people think you have to do what you, me and you are doing and being on a microphone and, and doing it this way, but there is other ways. Uh, no, like, talk radio hosts are not the pinnacle of, of human evolution. I know right. I am one. I've met, I've, <laughs> met, met, I've, I've met lots. I've met lots of my kind. All right, and yep. uh, if if you're one of our loved ones, I'm sorry. That's true. <laughs>
Okay, we're not easy to be around. We're a lot. You were a lot to take, and it takes uh, a lot of strength and a lot of patience and a lot of love uh, to love somebody who's a talk radio show host. I got to I got to tell you that, ladies and gentlemen, because it's, we're not good people. You know, we're not we're not we're not the best uh, people, but we've got a skill and a talent. And the thing about skills, the thing about talents, people call these things gifts. Yep, gifts. What happens? What happens when you don't use a gift? It becomes a curse. What happens when you use your gift only for yourself? Again, it becomes a curse. Every gift can be given back. All right. Whatever people have inspired you, whatever people have helped you to get where you are, be who you are or something, you are obliged not to necessarily give back to them, but to give back to society, to humanity at large. You get bestowed things, and if you do not pass them on, the ingratitude of that act will come back to bite you. It'll destroy you, ultimately. Gratitude is the attitude. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to The Vinnie Eastwood Show. I love you very much. Go to com forward slash donate.html and give me some money. You know, that's... that's <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> You know, I just just kind of proved my point there, didn't I? Um, but, uh, but anyway, it's just whoever you admire, they're gonna they're gonna let you down. All right, there's an old saying: never meet your heroes. Heard that one? Yep. Okay, and there's a reason why is because when they're a story, when they're dead, you don't know the backstory, you don't know the dirty details, just like we do about learning into conspiracy and stuff like that. You get disillusioned, all right, meaning no longer operating under a delusion. Never under operate, uh, operate under the delusion that because you're not uh, sounding as eloquent or as awesome as Vinnie Eastwood or not doing as many shows as Crypt Rick or something like that, that you don't have any value. No, you know, you do. You probably have more value, all right? The reason do what I do is probably the same reason why all people do good things, okay? It's because they think that they're bad people and they don't like that and they don't want anybody to know. So they go out and they do really nice and really good things all the time to make the world a better place in the hopes that nobody will find out who they truly are and how bad they really are and that the good deeds that they do and the good man that they see themselves as wanting to be will one day become the same thing. Never underestimate a man's ability to play mind games on himself and come off the winner. Whatever justification you have for your existence is irrelevant to me. I have a justification for my existence. Do no harm. Take no crap. Help the things that can be helped. Have the courage to do it. Courage is the universe's protection against tyranny and principally our fears, fears of what other people think, what other people might do to us. What if I lose this? What if I lose that? When you realize and you face the possibility of death and you are smiling on your way into it and making jokes about it, that's when you know 
that you're ready. Okay? You don't might not think that. And you might not ever think that you're ready. And maybe you never are. But you're always ready enough. Stop doing nothing. Within the next five seconds, pause this radio show, turn it off, and go and do something. You might have thought about cleaning out the garage. You might have been thinking about uh, finishing that painting you were doing or finishing writing that script or that radio play. You might have been thinking about mowing the lawn. You might have been thinking about taking a, uh, a screenshot of something and turning it into a meme. You might have been thinking about learning how to use OBS software so you could broadcast your show. You might have been thinking about how to edit movies on iMovie or something like that. Again, stop listening to people like me because we don't deserve your attention. The thing that does deserve your attention is your own thoughts that you haven't willed into the physical manifestation of reality yet. That is what is worth your time. That is what your family are going to appreciate. That is the good example that you can put out for them to follow and then change your city, your country, and your world. You understand? Don't look up to us, okay? Look at yourself. How can you be better than you were yesterday? It's not a, not a hard task. You did a 1,001 steps yesterday. Do a 1,002 the next day. <laughs> Just keep that pressure up because it's never going to stop. You're never going to stop learning. You're never going to stop working until you're dead, okay? And when you're dead... You won't know, okay? That's the thing. There's a lot of people out there who are worried about, this is going to kill me, that's going to kill me, this is going to kill me, that's going to kill me. I'm going to get enslaved. I'm going to get exterminated. I'm going to get poisoned by fluoride. I'm going to get some, some bio or so on and so forth. What you know is not what kills you. It's the thing you don't see coming. So stop worrying about all the rest of that crap, bro. Amazing. Thank you so much. What a great way to end the show, Vinny Eastwood. Thank you so much for being here. It's, it was amazing having you. You're welcome back anytime. Make sure you check him out on the One Great Work Network, VinnyEastwoodShow.com. Thank you so much, Vinny. Okay, bye. Yep. Take care, brother.
This is Thomas, a.k.a. a mad painter. I'd like you to join me Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Open Canvas. Don't forget to bring an open mind. Yes, folks, that's right. Bring an open mind to an open canvas. Again, that is Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. You opposed government corruption. This is Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here. I am Bill Johnson. Some consider my efforts to be an underground law school. I am not an attorney, and I do not give legal advice. I teach. That's lawful and legal. Consider yourself served. You are to appear Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, to 